Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special um, little tiny-sized episode um, of the Star Wars EU or E-Review special here on Fandom Talk with the Fandom Correspondents. Um, as always, I am Al, one of the co-hosts of the Star Wars EU or E-Review, where we talk all things old canon and new canon Star Wars, um, every form of um, visual or or whatever kind of EDM you want us to talk about. Um, and joining me, as always, is the um, head honcho, um, the grand poobah, the spiciest salsa of the Phantom Correspondence. Uh, we have Jacob Vance Hardesty um, as my constant co-host. Jacob, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I am really just so ready to talk about this series because this was pretty awesome, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. <laughs> this was a blast. This was a good little kind of surprise treat we got. Um, so so um, if you haven't seen uh, the title of the episode yet, um, then <laughs> if you're one of those who just gets too excited about a new Star Wars EU or EU uh, review podcast um, and just hit play before you read it. Um, this episode, uh, we're doing an extra episode, so you all are still getting your regularly scheduled um, Star Wars um, content from us. But uh, we wanted to do an extra special episode uh, because Tales of the Jedi came out um, mm -hmm. towards the end of October this past year. Um, six episodes, six relatively short episodes, um, so easy to do in one sitting. That's what I did. I just kind of sat my butt down on my couch uh, the other day and watched them all. Um, six um, short episodes about um, uh, two main Jedi in particular, um, I would say. Um, or, or rather, I guess two, both of them are former Jedi. Mm. Um, now that I'm thinking about it, um, <laughs> uh, there are three episodes focusing on, um, Ahsoka Tano and three episodes, uh, focusing on, um, Count Dooku as well. So, um, it's kind of split up that way. So we'll be covering those today because, um, as Jacob already said, this little, um, care package of episodes um uh, was a delight um it kind of scratches that um clone wars um itch until the new season of bad batch comes out um uh, kind of holds us over until uh we get more Mandalorian stuff and like it's not quite as like sad and heavy as andor has been so it was <laughs> it was a good little break for star wars <laughs> but um yeah so we'll just um get right into it if we're It'll bit like zany today, um, a little bit more than usual at least, um, is because this is the first time we're doing one of these with like our video um, cameras on because we're putting this on YouTube. So if you want the visual aspect, head on over to our Phantom Correspondence YouTube page. Um, so um, I get the added excitement of of seeing um, Jacob's uh, very beautiful face as uh, we talk about these very beautiful episodes. Um, it's fantastic. He's posing now. He's, mm -hmm. he's basically Fabio. He's wonderful. <laughs> Um, but, uh, we'll get right into it. Um, Jacob, I've got some stuff prepared, but as far as the structure goes today, I'm going to turn it towards you. Would you like to talk about the Ahsoka episodes or the Count Dooku ones first? Mm. Well, I do. I, I, we'll probably start with Ahsoka, honestly. <laughs> um, but first, before, before we open, I do want to talk to you about this because I don't know if you knew this, Al. This show had a little bit of contro controversy to it whenever it was first announced. Um, um, I'm not surprised. 
Sure. Everything. <laughs> that, that describes everything that comes up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, just kidding. It's Star Wars. Um, I, I heard controversy about like the new season of Sesame Street <laughs> the other day, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> well, the interesting one with this is, so if you are unaware, whenever Disney acquired um, the Star Wars licensing in 2012. One of the first things they did was they said basically anything that was not films and or Star Wars Clone Wars by Dave Filoni is no longer canon. Okay, so now we're building all the new stuff. So if you were unaware, if you ever hear us talk about old canon versus new canon, basically anything pre-20, I would say 13, 14, because there were some books that were still released that were still technically part of old canon. They're called the Legends. And then anything released after that is all part of the official new canon. What's interesting is there are two books, part of the new canon. Um, one is Dooku Jedi Lost by Kevin Scott and Ahsoka, just one word, by E.K. Johnston that supposedly um, this show negates certain things that happen in those two books. One, I, I will admit I have not read either book Um so and I'm I'm sure they're fantastic because I love Kevin Scott. Everything he has done with the higher public stuff has been fantastic. Um and E.K. Johnson is just a delight to follow on Instagram and TikTok. So, you know, she's she's great. Um but what was interesting is that some people were were like, Oh, now all the all the new canon lovers know how we felt years ago. All their stuff's getting rewritten. And it's like that one, that's not really how I feel. Two, I feel like the Ahsoka stuff definitely, I do not think, really negates anything that happens in the book. I once again have not read the book, so I could be wrong, but I cannot see anything that happens in this show negating what would happen in the tales between basically the end of Clone Wars and Rebels. Is supposedly what uh, it's basically how she becomes Fulcrum. Spoiler alert for anyone who has not seen the end of season one of Rebels. Whoa. Um, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, that <laughs> <laughs> that was just an owl noise so there, there you go yeah, um, that was just me <laughs> but with uh, with Dooku I could see a bit more once again having not read the book I'm not sure exactly how in depth it goes with his characterization I could see where certain aspects of this might change certain things because I know it's it's a lot different Really, it isn't, though. See, and that's why I'm kind of intrigued. I, I really want to read those two books. Like, I, I hope that we cover them for the EU re review in the future. Um, because everything that happens in this show still works alongside everything that happens in the Darth Plagueis book. Um, which is kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, br bringing up, bringing up so, some, some old stuff there. Um, <laughs> still falls in line with everything that's been written about his character already. It just kind of showcases it, you know, for us to actually see kind of how it happened. So, so I did, I did want to address that because there were, there were a lot of people who did, which I, I saw so many posts of the, now they know how we feel. And it's like, that's not oh my God. like, I just, <laughs> I don't think I'm here's a, even if it did. Victims. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I just, I, I feel like even if, even if it does, one, Kevin Scott, I cannot see ever being upset with anything that happens within the Star Wars world around his workings because and I and and forgive me, I I don't mean to try and speak for them, but everything he has done in higher public 
has been so good and like and I'm sure Duke who got lost is also really good, but I can't see him being upset if Dave Filoni of all people, you know, one of the basic heads of Star Wars pretty much over the last ten to fifteen years, if he's making a new show that happens to you know, create maybe a few plot holes or something. I can't see him being that upset. Same with E.K. Johnston. I just, they they both seem way too laid back, you know, to actually be upset about this, if it even happens. Um, it's another reason I do, it's, a, it's an added reason I wanted to read these books anyway. I wanted to read these books anyways, but it's an added reason for me to want to read them more now to see if it actually does affect that. Um, but yeah, we'll, we will start with the Ahsoka episodes. Um, Ahsoka, sure. The, the 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 structure was kind of weird to me because you have the like the prologue episode and then you do the three Dukus and then you do the last two Ahsokas and that was kind of weird to me um, so much so that at first I thought they were going to do Ahsoka Duku Ahsoka Duku um, right. they they didn't um, but I mean it's still they did not they did not um, <laughs> then there's also a part of me I'm wondering were they trying to go chronological. But, mm. but then, how old is this? Because I don't think I that, was, to, that well. I was going to say, I don't know how how old Ahsoka is supposed to be there. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, it, because the the better question is, how old is Dooku and Qui Gon supposed to be? Because that, that's are, a very good question. <laughs> because they were both a lot younger in that first episode. Um, yeah. But but we will talk about that here in just a little bit. We'll, we'll start with the Ahsoka uh, episodes. I. I loved them. I thought they were both really cool. Um, the first episode, I there was one thing that annoyed me. Okay, they okay. canonize one of my favorite Star Wars creatures. Okay, they canonize the Kaibuck. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who do not know, the Kaibuck is from the Genie Tartakovsky Clone Wars. It's what Yoda rides not only in the opening of the very first episode, but also during the Battle of Coruscant. Okay. In fact, I'll tell you what, for our YouTube people, hang on. Hang on. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> oh, he's gone. He's gone, everybody. Well, I guess I'm doing the show. Yoda on Kaibok. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I can tell on YouTube to see it happening. <laughs> wow, you you've heard of Elf on a Shelf, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so now there's Yoda on Kaibuck. Just uh, it's an active figure, by the way, for anyone who's listening on Spotify. It wasn't a uh, like <laughs> yeah, good visual thing for an audio-based medium. It's fine. <laughs> I should have just lied. It's been like, I just brought out my marble statue of Yoda on the Kaiba. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on this for years. Um, <laughs> it's the the Kaiba is one of my favorite care one of my favorite creatures, just because it, it's it's such a cool thing to see. In, in the original uh, Clone Wars. So I was like, okay, sweet, there's a Kaibuck. First thing we get is like this uh-huh. scene where, you know, the, the Togruta tribes are hunters. Okay, so they're kind of a hunter-gatherer kind of society still. And so the first thing, of course, we have to see is we have to see, you know, Ahsoka's mother talking about the the value of of basically, basically the circle of life speech, pretty much, you know, and how we this will feed many families, you know, and everything like that. So it's rough to it's kind of rough to watch because, and I, I even messaged uh, the group, and I was like, "Well, Jenny can't watch this because uh, Jenny is 
if, if there's animal deaths just in general, Jenny's pretty much done. And uh, there's there's rare occasions where he will still watch something if that happens. Um, but uh, but yeah, but but I, no, I like the first episode because um, then we have this we have this like scene where like the force is inherently strong with Ahsoka, which I really like that actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, the first episode is, um, is pretty solid. Um, I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I love the imagery. I always, um, always love the imagery of just like, um, a, a small dude, a small person um, who's writing just like an insanely large animal um, of some sort. So like with her like riding up on the back of like essentially a I'm a giant like saber toothed tiger mm. um, at the end of the episode was great for me. Um, and I just enjoyed that. Um, um, it kind of reminded me of um, um, kind of like a reflection or almost like a foreshadowing of um, kind of the forced journey that we see Ezra um, go through um, in Rebels mm. as well, because there are yep. several um, instances where like he he shows kind of like a natural affinity for like having a connection to animals and to parts of nature. So I thought that was really cool. Um, I don't know how intentional that was, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was really intentional. Um, yeah, I mean, you talked earlier about like the structure of the episodes, how we get like, um, an episode of Ahsoka, then uh, the entire three-episode arc of Dooku, and then the last two episodes of Ahsoka. Um, and I thought it was kind of weird at first, but after finishing the show, I thought the structure that was kind of was like kind of genius in a way, because um, you, at the end of the day, with how I'm getting too into like the details of each um, story that's being told. Uh, because we'll get into that here in a bit. But you have this structure showing that in a lot of ways, Ahsoka and Uku are experiencing very similar kind of um, stories and phases of their life as far as their relationship with um, the Force, their relationship with the Jedi, um, and what their identity really means um, within those institutions. And so, like, you you get this very, like, fun, um, overall, like, warm, except, of course, with, like, the death of the Kai Buck, which is um, unfortunate. But um, you get this, um, <laughs> this overall pretty optimistic and kind of, like, bright um, a beginning of this series with uh, the first Ahsoka episode where it's just like Ahsoka is a Jedi and she shows her, her potential and she like uh, makes peace with the giant tiger boy. And it's great. Um, and everybody is just like, Ooh, Ahsoka. Yay. Um, and then like it drops a little bit and it goes through the Tuku episodes. And um, I think this show is kind of like expecting you to know a thing or two about um, the journey that, Ahsoka has um, in general in the Clone Wars and um, even in a little bit into Rebels uh, because I mean, you get the story of Dooku and it's just like slowly a a story of how he's disillusioned mm. with the Jedi and the Jedi Council 
and like and reflecting that. So I thought it was really cool how can, how they kind of used the structure of the episodes to kind of show um, two very similar journeys with two very d- different outcomes. Because of course we know Dooku eventually falls to the dark side, where as Ahsoka um, fights to stop the dark side, but in kind of her own way and kind of her own understanding of the Force. And so I thought that was very cool, um, kind of how they were able to show that uh, parallel and also the difference with how um, they told these stories. Um, I thought was interesting. But um, but yeah, so we get the first one. We get um, really just like the the infantile origin story uh, that Ahsoka has. And then we get to episode five. We're skipping around a bit to kind of mm-hmm. do um, the character arcs entirely. So we skip on down to episode five with Ahsoka. Um, and I really, really enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Uh, it probably has to do with like how <laughs> I'm like a nostalgia target for anything that has to do with Clone Wars, but, um, except for Attack of the Clones and, <laughs> and, but, um, I just really, really enjoyed the premise of the episode where like Ahsoka, like, feels kind of frustrated with her training because she kind of feels like she's doing the same thing. Anakin, like, knows that, like, these typical trainings aren't really helping Ahsoka learn or grow or, or test her her potential in any way. So um, it's just, yeah, there's just a lot to the story of this episode because you have Anakin going and talking to Rex. So Rex shows up and, like, the rest of um, his group shows up. And so uh, you have Anakin saying, hey, clones, like attack Ahsoka so that she can learn how to deal with more intelligent, more creative um, attackers, because that'll uh, be really good as far as refining her her senses and having her rely more on the force entirely and stuff like that. And like the, the dramatic irony there in that episode <laughs> because like oh yeah. we know that ahsoka is like really gonna have to get used to to, to fighting clones don't we <laughs> um, <laughs> um it's just like really really cool and really well done and like but like even though like we know what we know it doesn't come off as like heavy-handed or like mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it's really insisting on itself it's mm-hmm. just it comes off as like yeah this is a pretty reasonable thing you would expect Anakin to do if Ahsoka's really excelling against everything else let's like throw a new challenge her way um and so it still feels like a reasonable thing that would come out of that kind of um context while still kind of having the nudge of just being like hmm this is this is going to be pretty useful don't you think hmm. <laughs> but, um, but um yeah how did you enjoy um episode Five was it a good five, um, yeah five little piece for you? So I, when the show was first announced, all right, they they said because it was just kind of a surprise, and then I didn't know it was coming out this soon. I thought this this was a post bad bad thing. Yeah, uh, it was like it was, <laughs> it was very much like a Nintendo Direct. Yeah, kind of <laughs> where it was just like, here's a new Fire Emblem game, and you can play it in eight hours. And just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but what's interesting is that when it was first shown at Cele- Star Wars Celebration, they didn't even have they had concept art. They didn't even have any of the animation. I don't know if they were just waiting to do a trailer or something. So that's why I was like, oh, well, this is gonna be a while because we just saw the Bad Batch trailer. So I figured we get that first. But yeah. the thing that they had announced is they were like, this is going to focus on two main Jedi in Count Dooku and Ahsoka. And I remember thinking, all right, cool, more Dooku backstory. I'm ready for that. And I remember thinking, foolishly, mind you, do we really need more Ahsoka? All right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as as someone who loves the character, okay, we've seen her in Mandalorian. She shows on Book of Boba Fett. We're gonna see, she's gonna get her own show next year. So I was like, do we really need to focus on another aspect of Ahsoka, especially during the Clone Wars, where we've seen her so much? Both of these episodes changed my mind entirely. Um, mm-hmm. First episode's okay, don't get me wrong, but episodes five and six changed my mind entirely about that. And I'm like, yeah, this was necessary. Uh, and I think you, you're absolutely correct that this is a this is something that they they are expecting. Like you've seen Clone Wars, you've seen Rebels, you know what this is, you know, <laughs> like, um, especially with episode five because. Filoni and and crew are 100% using the show-don't-tell method. 100%. Um, because, by all technical reference, I mean, like like you just said, you, you described the entire episode in basically a minute and a half, okay? And that was going in-depth about what happens, and that's honestly fair. It there's Not a whole lot happens, but it's a lot of subtext. Um, paying attention to, one, the time... The, Three time jumps to happen in this episode, which I don't know if a lot of people notice that. Um, but the one of the first things I noticed, and one of the first things that a lot of people notice in the trailer because they do show it, the move that she is using when she is figuring out how to learn how to fight against the clones is the exact same move that saves her in the the siege of Mandalore. You know, it's the exact same motion. And, uh, and so, no, and you're, you're absolutely right. Like there, there's no way that's not intentional. Like there's no way that it's like that, that they weren't just like, Oh, let's uh, like Rex says, let's hope that training pays off. You know, like that's all of that is so it adds so much to the actual like backstory of the character. Um, particularly her relationship with Anakin, because I like that, you know, when we first see Anakin in this, which shout out to the, uh, to the, uh, episode two, uh, hair, hair designers for, uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin. Um, I love that we got both of those and right at the, right at the start. Um, Anakin is basically, he's basically annoyed with her. He's, he's like, I don't, I don't want to have a Padawan. I didn't really want this in the first place. And and like you said, he's like, this is not working for her. She's not really learning anything. But because Anakin is who he is, he's like, well, I'm going to have to train to the set basically the way that I would train someone. Like, not not going by, by a Jedi way, really, honest, honestly. Definitely kind of going outside the confines of like what the traditional Jedi Order would want to have her train. Um but by sticking her with the clones and, like you said, dealing with people who are not going to think the same way droids are, you know, it's it eventually saves her life. And But I like that Anakin knows that she needs that. Not even in just the sense of, you know, I want to save her life, but also in the sense of she's not learning anything. 
Like, if he's not being challenged, he's not actually learning anything. And, I don't know, it just works really, really well for their relationship. It adds so much more to... If you watch this and then immediately watch Siege of Mandalore, like, it's going to be... Ooh, that's that's gonna be a rough watch. Uh, you know that that's gonna be uh, that's 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 gonna be a tearjerker too. You know, um, or or if you watch the, the Jedi who knew too much or that the arc where she leaves the order, um, you know, it's just I was really impressed with the fact that without being you know heavy handed, without being like this is an, this is another Ahsoka story. It's gonna go on forever, you know, or any or anything like that. We get to see the building blocks of their relationship and the building blocks of this is at, this is adding to who Ahsoka is as a character. Um, and then of course, and it leads perfectly into episode six really well. Um, also even, and even when I was like, Oh, do we need another Ahsoka episode? Even then I was like, Oh good. We're getting more Ashley Eckstein as Ahsoka because Ashley Eckstein is a delight to say the very least. If you, if you're not you know following her on Instagram or, looking up anything that he does with our universe, which is a fantastic clothing line, all based around like star Wars and nerdy stuff. It's wonderful. Um, she is one of the best and she just, yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. She should be playing her in live action. I love Rosaria Dawson, nothing against her, but actually X nine should have been asked, but whatever. That's a, that's a conversation for another time. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's but, a whole podcast right there. If we want to get into <laughs> what kind of jobs voice actors deserve, but <laughs> Um, but it's great to have her back. It's great to have Matt Lanter back as Anakin. Um, and it was also great to see a little, a little Deva Balava and little baby Caleb Doom. Yeah. Uh, the, the future yeah. Kanan Taurus, ladies and gentlemen. Little young, little yeah. young Kanan. I love him. Little Kanan. Yeah. Really, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was exactly the same way where they like, um, showed him a couple of times. I was just like, Little baby Kanan. <laughs> like, it's, it's just exciting. Um, but um, yeah, um, little, um, little hot tip, little um, uh, comic books adjacent for anybody out there. Uh, if you're interested in reading um, a really good Star Wars comic that isn't about like the usual characters we're exposed to, um, um, the Kanan um, comics um, I found were really enjoyable. Yeah. And you get to learn a lot more about uh, his training with the Jedi and his relationship with his master. Um, um, and so those are a lot of fun. They also have some rough moments, though. So just a heads up. It's a pretty um, sad, honestly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, yeah, that brings us to, um, to episode six, the last episode. Um, uh, the last one with Ahsoka, which, as you said, kind of serves as a bridge. Um, between um, um, what happened um, at the end of Clone Wars and then what um, happens um, by the end of season one of Star Wars Rebels. Mm. It kind of serves as a bridging thing to kind of explain what happened to Ahsoka and how she got into um, the Rebellion and stuff like that. Um, and, like, I thought this episode was good. Um, um, I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed episode five, but, like, sure. I thought it was good. I thought it was cool. I thought it accomplished what it had set out to accomplish. Um, we need <laughs> we need to talk about the most wild thing that came out of that episode, which is um, 
who the hell that inquisitor was. Uh, Jacob, do <laughs> you have any anything to add on that point? Because that guy was that guy was pretty cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> so dope. here's the thing: when it first happened, like, so they they showed him in the trailer, and I was like, that guy looks awesome. Yeah. Okay, and so then cool. he gets wrecked by yeah, a yeah. <laughs> I, with at first I was like oh man they wasted him and then I was like okay but that was also pretty awesome that Ahsoka without even a lightsaber is just like nope <laughs> gonna gonna I'm gonna take your weapon from you and then take you down you know <laughs> um, I <laughs> although I that's kind of that's kind of the problem with the Inquisitors is that every single one of them has a cool design. It doesn't matter who it is, um, even like the which one's the one that dies in the season finale of of episode, season two of Rebels. Uh, is it the fifth brother? The oh, one that yeah. he, like he he, mm-hmm. but he's also the first one to show us the uh, the, the the helicopter blades, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's ultimately what kills him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But like even like his design is really cool. Um, I like that the the ninth sister from Jedi Fallen Order um, is I can't remember what species that is, but it's like one of the newer ones from the sequel trilogy where they're like these like big like brutish kind of uh, mm-hmm. kind of characters, and yeah, yeah. I, I liked her design. I thought she was really cool. And then you learn more things about her in the Darth Vader comics. She's really cool in that. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the thing about the Inquisitors is every time they show up, one of the, they're going to be interesting because every single one of them is a fallen is a fallen Jedi, basically. Like to the best mm-hmm. of my knowledge, I don't think any of them. I'm pretty sure they are all either as fallen. Yes, we know. Yeah. Yeah, we know. I mean, I, I, we know. We know the Grand Inquisitor was. We know Reva was. We know uh, Trilla was. Uh, I mean, all of them that that we know of are yeah. that. So. So yeah, so the guy with like the the creepy reaper mask um, in <laughs> in this episode, um, presumably he was a an a former Jedi as well. Um, but you're right, we don't learn anything about him, and I was I was a little upset about that. I, I kind of I kind of wish that they had just shown like I I kind of wish that they had done something differently. Like they had brought in they had brought in Reva or something like that, and just. Mm-hmm he gets away instead or something like that. Um, Because I do want to know more about that guy, obviously. Um, But, you know, it's whatever. But um, I did like one thing I really liked about this episode, because I always, I, you talked about how you, you were basically a, uh, you were a sucker for any kind of Clone Wars nostalgia. Um, For some reason, Bail Organa is one of my favorite side characters in any Star Wars any piece of Star Wars, or I just, I just love him as a character. Um, I so so seeing him and basically him, you know, talking to the stormtroopers, but also talking to Ahsoka at the same time. I really enjoyed that. Um, I also like that he did get a little kind of heavy handed at the end, and so both the clone troopers were just like, "What was he talking about?" Or, or like, I'm, "This call me an idiot." What? What? Why would we call you? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I, I I liked seeing him. I I thought that Ahsoka showing up to Padme's funeral was a nice touch. Uh, once again, Ashley Eckstein, fantastic voice actor, knows the role so so well. 
he does more with the line "He was my friend" than a lot of people can do with an entire like film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he it's just a really good performance by her. I really like that. Um, yeah, and then but but you're you're right. This acts so well as a bridge because I like that he didn't need a like. I didn't act and someone died, you know, or, or so I, I like that he didn't have to have that to join back up in the rebel cause. I like that whenever he is done uh, with, with getting away with Rex at the end of, uh, of Clone Wars, he's just like, I just want to be done. I want to go find whatever kind of life I can. But then immediately following that, you know, she's like, I can't leave this fight because this fight is, it's who I am. It's, it's in me, you know? And I don't know. I really like that aspect of it. I just, I thought it was, you know, because, because as far as we know, like, like we don't know how much time has passed, but like my, my head kid is like, this was like a week later. You know, like, like, like an inquisitor shows up, you know, and then he's just like, well, I guess I'm back in it now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. We don't know how long it's been. That's a really good point. Um, Probably yeah. <laughs> weekend to rest, basically. But yeah, yeah, those are some good observations about the episode. Um, um, I also enjoyed that, like, she um, had a, made a point to go to Padme's uh, funeral, yeah. uh, even though it was obviously like a very um, dangerous thing for her to do. Sure. Um, um, I liked that. Um, I also, I also enjoyed the line uh, that you brought up, where um, she um, goes and meets up with um, Rex um, before the rest of the episode, uh, before the time skip, um, essentially, um, and like she's just kind of like you know I'm I'm tired of fighting, and like um, and like it really reveals that like yeah like. All of the Jedi, like, obviously, uh, those who survived, like, the Purge, like, all of them had, like, lost a lot and stuff. But, like, it really reinforces the idea that, like, um, you know, there's a big difference between Ahsoka's reaction to the Purge and and the one Jedi who um, happens to be hiding out on Tatooine. And like the first episode of, oh Kenobi, yeah. yeah, where, um, where he's just like, uh, where he's just like, no, we have to group up and we have to figure something out and, and like we gotta fight and take down these stormtroopers and stuff. And both Ahsoka and Obi Wan, in their own like respective shows that they're in, uh, both have like a very similar response, which is just like, I'm, I'm tired, man. We lost. Like yeah. <laughs> that's just that's just where it's at. And, like, the missing factor there, like, the factor that those two share um, is that, like, they lost so much more because of Anakin. And, like, I don't think Ahsoka knew at that time for sure, but I feel like it's, I feel like especially in the Rebels show, it's very much hinted that she had an idea. Um, that she had a sense that like um, Anakin's fate wasn't the same as everybody else's. Um, at least that's kind of the reading I got from that show. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so, like, uh, the fact that, like, they both are just kind of have, like, that exhausted kind of take on things and are just like, nah, man, we lost. Like, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm going to go and do something else. Um, and then the transition to, like, her face off with the Inquisitor, uh, which is awesome. Like, it's uh, <laughs> it's so cool because the Inquisitor just, like, looks like a total badass. Like, th- the coolest design of the Inquisitors we've seen. Um, and, like, it's really cool. And, like, in hindsight, um, I'm the same way. I'm kind of glad it went down the way it did because, one, a lot of the new canon expanded universe stuff has been pretty good at, like, at keeping differences in power pretty consistent Mm -hmm. um, with things. Um, And so, like, by the end of the Clone Wars, especially by the end of, like, um, Season 7 of the Clone Wars, um, it's pretty well established that, like, Ahsoka is, like, a a top three sportsman. Oh, yeah. Like, like she's really good at what she does. Oh, yeah. Um, And so, like, we don't really get to know a lot about this Inquisitor, but, like, I also appreciate that, like, um, of course, she would be able to handle that um, that style of lightsaber combat, too, considering the last person she fought with a lightsaber was Darth Maul. Sure. Uh, so like sure, yeah. that's like the freshest example of lightsaber combat in her head anyway <laughs> um so that's so i thought that was really cool like again i don't know if that was super intentional but like it felt like that um a bit to me um but um yeah um i do hope we eventually learn a little bit more about that guy that'll be sh- i was up in a comic or something because that'd be that'd be cool because he was a really cool dude but um yeah, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed um, Soka's um, story in this show. But um, now, uh, the the other Jedi character mm-hmm. who has some time in this show, um, Count Tuku, I was really excited when I first heard about this show, when I heard that, like, hey, um, one of the people is going to focus on um, Tuku. Because as somebody who... Um, still at this point hasn't read a whole lot of stuff about his character. Mm. Um, so like, I really only know stuff about him from like uh, the show and the films. Um, essentially, um, his book is on my list, but, um, I was really hype because I was just like, Oh cool. We get to learn about this dude. We get to learn what was going on with just that whole clone stuff what's going on with that wow wow i could have easily been talking about a spider-man comic (laughs) (laughs) crazy uh but um yeah and it was just very cool we get to see um um, amo qui-gon jinn Mm -hmm. um again at um a much earlier time in um, his training in life so um yeah i'll turn it over to you jacob because i know you like um, the character of dooku um, I know you like the character of Qui-Gon Jinn. Of course. So yeah. um, I will hand it over to you as far as how did you enjoy the Dooku stuff? So this was some of my favorite stuff that they've done in the new can, honestly. All these three episodes were fantastic. Yeah. Um, for so many reasons. Um, this year specifically... It's funny that this happens at the 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones, okay? 
follow me. <laughs> stay, stay with me. Um, <laughs> um, obviously, like I'm not going to inundate you with you know the prequels have oh these these many problems, but I like this. There are two massive things that, that that the prequels fail at that we have discussed before, and that is the fact that one with Obi Wan and Anakin's relationship, you see them apart more than you see them together in the films, mm-hmm. and with the entirety of the character of Count Dooku being just basically a man of mystery, but a man of mystery who is essential to the plot. Okay, mm-hmm. um, both the Obi Wan Kenobi show. And Tales of the Jedi, I won't say they fixed the problems, but they at least tried to address them and add more to them. Um, obviously, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I'm not going to you know talk too much about that, but obviously it helped out quite a bit with the relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin. With this, we get three episodes that explain, in my opinion, everything about why Count Dooku leaves the Jedi Order, why he... Why it's not so much of a cut and dry of, you know, I'm immediately a dark side user now, which I really, really loved, but more of a, I am trying to see if there's another option out there to help the galaxy as a whole. Now, granted, that option for some reason is Darth Sidious, but, you know, which we all make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe not his best choice, but... Um, who among but, us does not have an ex we're not proud of? <laughs> <laughs> but um, but focusing on this first episode, um, I mean, of course, the very first shot, I love that the the animators were like, how can we do a young version of Count Dooku and how can we do a young version of Qui-Gon Jinn? And, they were, and I, my assumption is that they were basically just like, have you ever seen Horror of Dracula and also Rob Roy? Because that's basically what we get, is we we get both... <laughs> we get animated versions of Christopher Lee and Liam Neeson in their most famous... or in some of their most famous roles when they were younger. Um, because the entire time during that first episode, I was like, this is like, where is Peter Cushing as Van Helsing is going to come out of nowhere? Like, at <laughs> any moment. Um <laughs> And who would have thought that that was Yaddle? It's <laughs> <laughs> out of nowhere. Um, but no, I, I really like this first episode. Um, it Most of the supplemental material, whether it's in the different shows or the books, when it comes to talking about the, the Jedi Order as a whole and the Galactic Senate, really failing at this part of the history of star Wars and the history of the galaxy um, is something that I have grown to enjoy more. The older I've gotten mm-hmm. uh, that might be because it's a bit more prescient now, but you know, that's, that's another conversation for another time. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just, I really liked you know, we we see Qui-Gon and, and Dooku come in as keepers of the peace. That we see them being what Jedi are supposed to be. Um and basically <laughs> Dooku sees everything that's happening to this village and he sees that basically everything that's happened to this village is because this 
governor, I think? Senator? Governor? This is senator, yeah. Okay. This this senator is just being a complete ass and is not yeah. helping those people at all and is focusing entirely on the things that are going on in either A, the Galactic Senate, and or B, his apparent presumably we have we don't see it, but presumably gigantic mansion, um, while everyone else is just living in squalor, pretty much. And I, <laughs> there was a part of me that I do have to admit, I just enjoyed the fact that, like, once Dooku has enough, he's just like, Force Coke! <laughs> just, here we go! You know, just, just like, immediately. Um, I just, I don't know, I, I really liked that it was a... I like that he, he was doing something that was technically wrong, because, yes, it is wrong to choke and attempt to murder people um but at the same time he was doing it with the mindset of this man has ruined most of these people's lives there are so many people who have been affected by it um he's he's failed them and he doesn't he doesn't deserve what what he currently has you know which is in this case life um so um i don't know i really like that aspect of it where it's more of a almost more of an anti-hero kind of decision as opposed to a strictly villainous decision. Um, and then, of course, I, I love the fact that, like, Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon is quick on his feet. He's like, I can't stop him. But maybe, just maybe, if he sees this guy's son literally stand right in front of him, he won't, like, you know, kill them both with a lightsaber. Maybe. You know, let's just see what happens. <laughs> um so yeah, I I don't I, I just I really liked that first episode. I thought it was really good. Um showed a really good um showcase of both of those characters. Um wonderful to hear Corey Burton back as Dooku. Thought that was great. Um I recently learned literally an hour or so ago, uh Qui-Gon in this episode is voiced by Liam Neeson's son. Um and uh fun. Yeah, uh, Michael Richardson I think is his name cuz Miranda Richardson was his, was his mother. Ooh. Um, yeah, yeah, isn't that uh, that is fun? I like yeah. that. It's cool. Yeah, I like that little factoid. That's good stuff. Um, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's a good episode. Um, as we he <laughs> said before, if like if like I hadn't known um, that uh, Dave Filoni um, had been in charge of this project, um, I would have known. <laughs> I would have caught on pretty fast. <laughs> because there's a lot of like scenes and like just themes throughout this show that feel very um uh, very similar to other things that Filoni's done. Um and one of those things is like um I got very much the same vibes from the scene where Uku begins to force choke um the senator as I did in like um the episodes of Clone Wars where Anakin um uses a force joke yeah um that like it just felt <laughs> it felt like very familiar and stuff where it's just kind of like oh, okay okay yeah yeah i get what you're doing <laughs> like i see that yeah um but um yeah it was a good episode it's one of those things where like it sets the stage like um it definitely plants the seeds for like what tuku ultimately does and becomes and it does so in a way that, like, I think very much um, 
re resonates with um, a lot of viewers. Um, because like I've said this before about um, Anakin, about Ahsoka, and like I'll say it again now with um, Count Dooku in this story, that like um, one of the main things that I think a modern day audience for Star Wars, especially those like um, in our age great age group and below, one of the main things that they can relate to is having a institution or a idea that they believed in that as they got older, they gradually became disillusioned by. Sure. Um, and like, uh, I think it's that's thrown here. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's clear um, that that is what um, they've gone for um, in the past uh, with these characters, and like it's clear that that's what they're going for now. Is that Uku is slowly realizing that uh, that the Jedi are not what he thought they were, and mm -hmm. that the function they serve is not as upright and not as effective um, as it should be. Um, and so I thought this was a really good way to kind of introduce that um, as kind of the seeds for like why he turns. Um, and again, to like highlight like these similarities between him and Ahsoka at, um, as well, because she undergoes a very similar um, kind of journey and realization um, about the Jedi. Um, and like we kind of follow her through um, a similar story there. But um, yeah, I, I think it's done well. Um, I think it works the best as um, as the first piece of three, as far mm -hmm. as these episodes go, because it sets the stage for a lot of stuff, um, um, especially for uh, the third episode for Tuku. So that'll be um, episode four of the oh. show. But um, first, let's go in order, though. We have what I would imagine. I don't know. Has Josh watched this? Not yet. No. Okay. <laughs> so let's go to episode three of Tales of the Jedi, which I would assume would be the episode that Josh probably enjoys the most because it <laughs> features Mace Windu being an asshole <laughs> and being a hypocrite. Um, so this episode, I liked this episode. Um, but like, I will be real. I couldn't watch a single scene without thinking about Josh, uh, because Josh would just be like, yeah, makes perfect sense that he was the one who pushed Dooku over the edge. <laughs> of course it was Mace Windu. <laughs> um, so like we get, um, I will say as far as, as far as the pacing of these episodes go. This one felt paced kind of weird to me because sure. I feel like it was a pretty um, in-depth investigation that I was set up here because the whole idea is that, like, uh, I'm a Jedi pastor who was on this planet who was working as, like, um, basically, like, a protector as well as, like, a consultant. Mm -hmm. um, that's, like, the vibes I got off of it. Um, who had gone to this planet um, had died. Um, and so, um, so, so Dooku and Mace Windu are going to this planet to collect her body, and Dooku uh, wants to do a lot more. He wants to investigate. He wants to figure out what's going on. 
um, and Mace Windu is very much like, we must obey the words of the council. Um, <laughs> and Uku is just like, well, I mean, a person died. I want to like see what's going on. Uh, <laughs> I want to see why that happened. Like <laughs> she was my friend. Um, and so they go and it feels like, and like, I know these episodes are short, but um, one of two complaints I have about this show, this season of this project, um, and I'll get into the other one when we get in onto episode four. Mm-hmm. But the first issue I have is that this investigation feels like a whirlwind. It feels yeah, like it, just... it starts and is over like as soon as it starts. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels like they show up, they ask like two questions, and immediately Count Dooku is just like, I know what happened. <laughs> You're just like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Which I like that he's like that, but at the same time, you're you're not wrong. From a pacing standpoint, it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) It's wild. But, uh, yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. But uh, that was kind of like, like, if I'm going to pick on things I thought were, like, weird or not handled, like, quite as well as everything else, uh, that would be one. But how did you like um, episode three? Well, so if I can nitpick one, you might be able to help me on something. Um, I can't remember why she was killed. Like, I can't remember, do they mention, like, why the guards killed her? Because I can't remember. So, I think it came down to, um, I think it came down to they wanted to confront the senator who she was with. And so they wanted to take her, like, out of the equation. Because, like, they assumed she would not hide with them. Sure. Yeah. Which is why they kill him so quickly. Okay. Gotcha. That that makes more sense. Yeah. Because they were. Because it was it was honestly like I don't. That's the one problem I had with this episode was I don't know why I did I I must have missed why they were there. I I don't know if I was zoning out or something. Like I I caught everything else between Dooku and Mace, but it was that aspect was I was missing. Um. But if I remember correctly, it was something similar. Like, I don't think he was like that bad of a person, but it was something similar to the issues that they were having in the first episode. Yeah, yeah. Where like, these guys wanted something different. Yeah, um, like he he was like the issue at hand was that like this senator was like a corrupt dude who was like he was like skimming the taxes from that planet or okay. something like that to like on himself or. Or something along those lines, yeah. Sure. He was doing, like, weird, corrupt stuff, and they wanted to stop him, yeah. Mm, I got him. Um, yeah, that was the only issue I had with this one, but uh, I did, but I did kind of like that, whereas, you know, we have that as, like, the side kind of piece where we are still focusing on how the Galactic Senate is, is failing, but with Mace and everything else that's surrounding this, Dooku has seen how the Jedi Council just in general is also failing. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's even a point where he says something to the effect of like, you know, do you believe what they're saying? Do you think that the Jedi are puppets of the Senate? And Mace says something to the effect of like, I believe the Jedi trust the will of the Force. And it's like, and you're, you, you know that like, there's a part of like, Dooku doesn't supposed to be, just wants to be like, that's not what I asked you. <laughs> what i asked uh, which is making me concerned um 
but you know, I once again, I like that we I like that as we open, we get to see basically the last remnants of friendship that Mace and Dooku have. Mm-hmm. Um because there is a there is that standoff in episode two that does kind of call back to them having been former friends, you know. Um and so I like that we get to see them in basically the last moments that they were friends. And because I, I, I'm assuming that is not a, that was an awkward ride back to Coruscant. I, I could be wrong. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> because of course, you know, basically what happens is, you know, Mace is trying to uh, effectively gaslight him the entire time. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, no, we don't, we don't need to worry about this. We just need to just, just grab her body. We'll get on back. You know, sound good. You know, and Juku's like, there's nope. no more in bossing say. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no there's no more bossing say, um, but we but of course the kicker is we learn that like, which I like that this happens like while they're still on the planet or they might get back to Coruscant when it happens. I can't I can't quite remember, um, but he was a council member and yes, yeah. after he and after she is killed, we learn that Mace is the one who takes her spot mm. and. You know, Dooku, I think he, once again, I think Dooku asked him, like, did you know when we were going to collect her body that you were already a council member? And he's, I can't, once again, I can't remember what he says, but something to the effect of, like, trust the will of the force. And it's like, that also didn't answer my question, you know? Yeah, well, well, it's even like, I don't know, in my opinion, it's even worse than that because he says something like, you know, we both received this and we both had the same orders and like i chose to obey them and you didn't um and so it was it it was very much an answer of just of just like um like i'm like i'm not going to tell you if i knew beforehand but like i knew to like i knew what i had to do in order to like be in the place i was and stuff Mm -hmm. like yeah it was that kind of like smug like (laughs) yeah (laughs) which i like i said i really it's one of the reasons that this time period has become more interesting to me the older i've gotten um because more people have supplemental material any you know any kind of material that's written after the fact of the overarching films or whatever you want to call it whether it's star wars marvel dc whatever anything that's a shared universe when it's building on to what has come before is always so interesting to me and I'm going to level with you. I don't know if George Lucas actually had the intentions of showing the Jedi as incapable. Um, I don't know if it was that or if it was just, he didn't know how to write them well, but people have run with it and it has worked so well in my opinion. Um, Because we see now, even, even in the higher public, you know, Aaron, not not trying to spoil too much, but like we see moments where there are characters who are like, I have to follow orders to a T. And a lot of times it does not go well for that character. But then you contrast that with a character who's like, I can't follow those orders because it's going to put someone else in someone else or another situation in further jeopardy. So I have to disobey those orders to try to actually help someone. That aspect is really interesting to me because you have this – that mindset of these guys were raised 
to be Jedi and to be, you know, protectors of the peace and everything and, or keepers of the peace and everything. And so they were, there are some of them that try to follow it from a, I mean, going, going in a more, you know, theological Christian aspect, you know, some of them follow in a very legalistic standpoint of obeying everything to a T. And then some of them look more so at the, at the aspect of, I have to help people, you know, Mm -hmm. like that is where my goal is. I have to help people that are around me. And, you know, it's, it's such a, it's such an interesting thing to really kind of dive into because at the same time, Dooku's not really like, like Dooku's more on the side of right in this episode. But yeah. of course, once again, we just watched an episode where he was about to just force choke a dude, you know, just, I mean, just doing it, just, just straight up, just murder a man, you know, and uh, whether the man deserved it or not is a whole other conversation, but like, that's. I don't know. It, it's just it, once again, it just adds so much to that story arc for me. That when you see Dooku in Episode Two, at least for me, especially after Episode Four, which we'll talk about in a second, everything that he says to Obi Wan makes more sense to me. Yeah. Every, even even everything like in the in the sense of um, in the sense in the same sense as like. I know you or someone else is going to just just yell at me for the comparison, but in the same sense of Darth Vader reaching out to Luke in, in Empire, I think Dooku is literally being sincere when he's like, here's the thing, if you join up with me, we could take down Darth Sidious, avenge Qui-Gon Jinn, and then we can figure out how to run this ourselves. I think Dooku is being sincere when he says that. I really do. Um thing is is that he's like but here's the thing the Jedi order is not something that can exist in that and whatever form of the new galaxy that we have the Jedi order cannot exist the way it currently is you know and so that's I don't know it just it adds more to the character for me so mm-hmm. so I, I really like this episode I, I loved all I loved all three of these episodes these were the Ahsoka stuff's good the Dooku stuff is some of the best stuff they've done in a while yeah yeah um it's really good I will say this episode kind of like if you were a fan of Mace Windu, like this episode, like kind of ruins that for you because, like, yeah. by the end of the episode, you realize that like the only reason Windu is there is to collect uh, the body of his fallen comrade so they can head back to Coruscant and he can have his spot on the High Council. Like that—that's all that Mace Windu is. Basically, is yeah. Uh, and like, like that's rough if you like that character, but, um, I mean, that just kind of like, uh, because Windu in the capacity that I have always like seen this character, like he, everything about him, he is the action hero of the Jedi, right? Like that's what he is like with, um, the Hatter point stuff with like, um, with like his whole thing where he's just like he's the Jedi to master the form of lightsaber closest to the Sith because he's he's super edgy and that's what he does and like <laughs> to like I mean that's why he's the one who kills Jango Fett like that's the that's like the reason why he goes to like take it upon himself to square off against Palpatine yeah like that's like that's his function to the Jedi like he's the action hero he's like he's like the the brawn you call in to deal with things that have to be destroyed. 
Sure. Um, and so, like, it was really cool in that episode to see him kind of be, like, contrasted with Dooku, who's very much more, like, he's a lot more inquisitive. He wants to figure out what's going on. There's a lot more nuance to his character that's growing as we watch these episodes. And so, like, it was cool to kind of see that contrast between those characters there. But, um, yeah, it almost (laughs) takes the whole idea that, like, oh, they were friends before all this happened because it's just kind of like these two are, like, complete opposites. Like, I'm not even sure, like, I buy that after watching this episode. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know? But, but, um, yeah, no, I enjoyed it overall. Now, um, on the last episode uh, for... and the one we'll end on before we wrap up this episode. Uh, which, either way, everybody, thank you for hanging out with us. Yes. Hope you're enjoying it. Um, but um, the um, for oh, uh, we come to the end, and oh, it's Kaibuck. <laughs> it's Kaibuck. <laughs> Kaibuck. Uh, all of our audio-based fans, you're gonna have have fun hearing about us doing visual jokes on the show. Um, we're slowly turning into like the last podcast on the left of Star Wars, where it's just visual bits that like 10% of their audience gets. <laughs> but um, but uh, we get to this last episode, um, episode four of the show, uh, last one for uh, for Count Dooku, and I have I have a love hate of relationship with this episode. Right? Really? So, okay. um, because it does one thing. Uh, that I think is fantastic, and it's fantastic, and it's revolutionary for how I'm going to view Count Dooku going forward. Okay. Um, and it does one other thing um, that I hate, that I'll get into secondly. But firstly, the thing this episode does that I love, it changes the way I think about this character by showing us that Count Uku is like rended in half at the death of Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah. Um, yeah, that colors and contextualizes his character so much for me. Mm. Like that just puts him in a whole new light. That like, um, as you said earlier, he's not this guy who who was just like, I'm tired of the Jedi. I'm like a Sith user now. Mm. I was like, ha, ah, that's it. It's like it was very much a gradual journey. It was very much like had a lot of factors that influenced him towards this way. And then like kind of the straw that broke the camel's back was um, the fact that he lost his apprentice and someone he cared very deeply about all because the council refused to listen to him. Yeah. Um, Like um, his like essentially his best friend died, his his version of a son died mm. because the council was too arrogant and ineffectual in what they were doing. Um, that really changes that character for me. Did you feel this anyway about that aspect of, of episode four? One, 100%. We, because I mean, of course you see, what once again, I like that it was such a gradual thing. I like that he was already doing stuff for Sidious mm-hmm. When episode one happens, you know, mm-hmm. I I like that basically um, that, you know, in the background of episode one, when they're on Coruscant, Qui-Gon just happens to run into Dooku and talk to him about seeing the Sith Lord. 
and Dooku even says, he's like, hey, I know we haven't seen them for over a thousand years, but I don't think they're done. He he's he's had this inkling where this dark thing, this dark presence was out there somewhere. Um, and of course the I half the time I imagine the Jedi How Council is, is like a frat party, just like happening on top of that tower. It's like, hey man, we're not we're not worried about the Sith, you know? Like <laughs> because that's basically like that that's my mindset half the time. Because you know, because because here's the thing. All right. Especially within the context of this episode, thinking of the context of episode one, all right, that means that Count Dooku, let's just say that he's he's been on this for a year, okay? Let's say that he has been making the assumptions that a a Sith presence was around for over a year, okay? And since then he has found Darth Sidious, he is working with Darth Sidious to try to bring about something different within the galaxy. I'm fairly certain we he knows he's a Sith Lord. I can't remember if they, that is confirmed, mm-hmm. you know, when, when he first, like, meets him. Yeah. But, I mean, we, we know that he definitely does by the time Episode 1 is happening. Like, mm-hmm. the, the, the aspect, you know, the, the thing is, because like, he even mentions Maul by name. Like, presumably he has met Darth Maul at one point. Mm-hmm. Um To think about him being like, hey, there's a Sith Lord somewhere out there. We probably need to start looking more into this. And then the Jedi Council's being like, nah, don't worry about it. Okay. And then quite again. I don't smell any smoke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then Qui-Gon then comes up and is like, hey, we saw something that appeared to be a Sith Lord. And in the context with knowing the film scene, the first response from Mace Windu is a Sith Lord. A like, Sith. like <laughs> because having this mindset of Dooku has been telling them about this for an extended period of time. <laughs> and then someone else says the same thing. And he's like, I'm not too sure about that. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, that's <laughs> so insane to me, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like, Really thinking about that going forward, like that scene oh, is going to play out so differently for me now. <laughs> I really didn't like that scene because the council kind of sucks in that scene. Okay, but and then he, they're like, you know, you should go back to Naboo and find out the identity of your attacker. It's like he just said what he was. Like, <laughs> do, you, do you really not believe him? Like that is a that is a genuine question, Mace. Um, and of course, Yoda's just sitting there, you know, with. God, the things the prequels does to Yoda as a character. Um, he's just like, hard to see the dark side is, you know? And you're just like, damn it, Yoda. Like, <laughs> and then the back of in the back of his mind, he's just like, I think I'm gonna have wings for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> can can we wrap this up, you know? Just no, like that's that's the one, like you said, and I think I know what your what your negative part's about to be, but that aspect of this in Dooku, once, once Qui-Gon is dead, you know, having that moment where he's discussing that, even after he has erased Kamino from the archives, mm-hmm. which I love that then he runs into his, his, uh, uh, the, the the girl who has a crush on him, go cast a new. Um, <laughs> I love that aspect of it. And then he walks away and then he sees Qui-Gon. And, and of course, we get a nice little Liam Neeson cameo because it is actually him voicing him for oh, yeah. 
which I I'm, I I know he probably got a pretty decent paycheck for that. But my actual hope is that they were just like, hey, Liam, are you doing anything on Thursday? Do you want to record, like, six lines? And he was just like, yeah, let's do it, you know? That's what I hope. I know there was probably more to it, but I'm hoping it was that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure, the pendulum has swung on the Star Wars movies I was in. Let's do, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's decided they like those now, yeah. Yes, you know, so yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Ask me again in 10 years, everybody, I decide they don't like those movies, so I don't know, but let's get this out now. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, I do really enjoy that part. Um, I think the part where, like, uh, the part where he's, like, in the in the courtyard. Um, at the tree. Yeah. And, like, he's standing at the tree. Um, I think that was, like, some of the more powerful imagery uh, we've seen in Star Wars stuff. Help me out. Have we seen? I know this is going to be such a weird question. Have we seen that tree before in Clone Wars or something? Because I don't recall seeing it anywhere. See, because I could have sworn we saw it. It might be in a comic, also. It might have been. In fact, that might be in the Qui Gon comic. I don't know if you remember when they did those like 27 uh, solo. one shots where it was each focused on a different character that might be in the Qui-Gon one. Now that I think about it. Um, Cause I feel like I have seen that before, like that exact like courtyard and everything. So that's why it was such a weird scene to me. Um, but it is a beautiful scene, but I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, I yeah. Go ahead. That's very cool. But, um, and so, yeah, um, I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, Palpatine is there um, in that episode. He's fine in the capacity that he's in sure. that episode. I think he, yeah. He serves his role just fine. Um, he cackles, you know. Yeah, he cackles. He like <laughs> he stands back and lets everybody do his work for him, which is what Palpatine does. Um, but um, no, um, you said that you think you know what my problem is with this episode, um, and and I'm not sure you do unless we're just like really on the same page. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna share this with you. I could get some hate for this opinion because at least I saw online that people were like super hype about this character when um, this whole thing got announced. Um, I I don't like Yaddle. I don't <laughs> like Yaddle at all. I hated her in this episode. <laughs> this episode would have fl- flowed and been so much more interesting if she just hadn't been in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know why she's here. I forgot. I thought that the internet was gaslighting me when I hooked her up because I do the same thing I do for every episode of the show we do. Um, um, I do like the deep dives on characters I'm less familiar with. And so I did a deep dive on Yaddle and everybody was just like, uh, the first appearance of Yaddle is in episode one where she's on yeah. the castle. And I'm just like, Bullshit, she is like that's not a real thing. <laughs> so, like, so I look on the internet and there's pictures of her from that scene. And I'm just like, is this is this a conspiracy? Are people trying to mess with me? I don't remember this character, so I didn't remember her at all. Um, and so, um, she shows up and, like, straight up, this is gonna be a little bit of a rant here, okay? This will I'm ready, be a little bit of a Josh rant. Okay. So Yaddle shows up, and for the life of me, after having seen it, after thinking about this for a while, after thinking about, like, the things I want to talk about on the show with you, like, 
for the life of me, I can't figure out the purpose that she was supposed to serve in this episode. Because, like, she... There's a point where, like, Count Dooku runs into Qui-Gon Jinn. And that's a cool scene. Because, like, they reunite, they, like, share information with each other. Qui-Gon is is feeling kind of, like, uncertain about, like, having shared his info about um, the Sith. Um, And Dooku is just like, no, man, I got you. Like, I understand. It's a cool... It's a cool interaction. It's a cool scene. Mm. Yaddle shows up and just like, it felt like every time Yaddle talked, I was like talking to like a youth pastor at like a, at like a crap, like a crappy modern evangelical church because like she said, she used so many words to like not say anything at all in any scene because she was just like, "Mm, our apprentices truly age before our eyes. And it's just like, Yep, <laughs> that's, that's what Dooku just said. <laughs> You're right. Um, and then there's like this really irritating scene that had that had cool imagery that I I wanted to like because there's a part where like they they walk their separate ways and Yaddle goes to the part of the hallway that's like well lit of the light and, and Dooku walks down the side of the hallway that's more dark and shadowy to show he's going towards the dark side. That scene would have worked a whole lot more if it had been Qui-Gon instead of Yaddle. <laughs> that would have had a lot more impact if it had been that. And then when Qui-Gon dies and Yaddle goes and finds Dooku having a very personal introspective moment in the courtyard by himself, Yaddle is just like, do you blame the council for his death? And I wanted to reach into the TV and slap her and just be like, what what do you mean? <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> the last time we've seen you talk to this man, he said, I don't think the council is taking Qui-Gon very seriously. <laughs> and Qui-Gon goes, gets killed by the Sith that he tried to warn the council about. And Yaddle was just like, I feel like you're kind of blaming the council for Qui-Gon's death. <laughs> Of course he is. Of course he is. <laughs> like, what an imperceptive person. <laughs> and then we get to kind of the climax of the episode, and we see Tuku go and confront Palpatine, which, like, in itself is a cool scene because Tuku is like Tuku is like heated. Like, we don't see, throughout the entire, like, series of films, we don't see anyone talk to Palpatine the way he does yeah. in the scene. Like, like Dooku is pissed because of Qui-Gon's death. And so, like, he goes in, and it's heated, and it's a really tense exchange. And I even got to the point where, like, I kind of felt like if Yaddle hadn't shown up and had just been like, I know everything now, and it's just me. <laughs> like, she slid through and, like, tried to, like, blow the lid off this thing where there was nobody else for her to tell. Um, if that hadn't happened, I kind of got the feeling that Dooku was, like, about to throw down with Palpatine right there. Like, he was, like, that affected by what happened to Qui-Gon. And that would have been really cool. That would have been really cool to see them, like, clash with each other mm-hmm. and like um 
obviously in order for like the rest of the films to work, Palpatine would have to win and like um, and kind of talk him down a peg. And then that um, dynamic of that relationship changes as well and possibly adds on like another kind of interesting layer to their relationship. Um, but instead, we get Yaddle stepping out from behind a wall being like, I know your secret now. Two men with lightsabers? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> obviously have the powers of the dark side. Um, and so, like, she does that, and at the very least, you think, oh, she's probably a badass then. Like, she probably is, like, is, like, comparable to Yoda, like, to have this kind of confidence instead of just going to the council and saying, hey... Palpatine and Dooku are talking about the dark side. <laughs> um, she must be really confident in what she can do. And then they fight, and the fight's over pretty fast. And then, like, Dooku very easily bests her with a lightsaber, mm. tries to throw her out the window, and tries to crush her with, like, the thing, which would have been, like, the most hardcore death we've ever seen in Star Wars. But like, and, like, he, try, he tries to, to smash her with that. She stops it with the force and like opens it up and jumps down. And you're just going to be like, oh, it's going to be like a fight with force powers, which is what the fight between Palpatine and Yoda should have been all those years ago. Um, oh. We're finally going to get that. And then you don't because she's tired. <laughs> like she's exhausted from doing that so this is just gonna be over now and like it's just you tell me jacob like why is that in this episode what does she bring to the table that would not have been more interesting if it had just been qui-gon dooku and palpatine so i um first foremost I was right. I knew what your what your negative thought was <laughs> because because here, here's the thing. All right, you are Josh is the harshest critic of Star Wars side characters. Okay, hands down. Whenever he watches this or listens to this, I, I hope that he will agree with me. Okay, and it, and it, it's it's fair. And for the record, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being, with being critical. Okay, a lot of the times he has a good reason for why. Like, yeah, there's. I, Really, I can't really think of one off the top of my head that I really kind of overtly disagree with, except for except for certain opinions about Ahsoka. But even those, I kind of agree. I'm getting off topic. Anyways, with, as I was watching this episode, one of my first thoughts is, well, Josh is going to hate this part. Because, like you said, Yaddle serves no purpose. And for the record, Bryce Dallas Howard voices Yaddle. Love Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. Becoming a phenomenal director in her own right. Uh, She did, I think now she's done two episodes of Mandalorian, I believe. Mm -hmm. Maybe more. I could be wrong. I I know I can confirm that she has done at least two. Um, And they're great. They're great episodes. Um, And and, and she was really excited to play Yaddle. She was really excited to do voice acting in this. And so I was, and so when I heard she was going to be in it, I was like, oh, sweet. Okay, and I and I thought like the scene at the tree was gonna be the last we saw of her. I was like, oh, okay, you know that's kind of you know you you need because in my opinion you need a last at that point you needed a last vestige of 
is Dooku really turning? You know, mm-hmm. like 100%, okay? Would it have been better if it was his former master Yoda? Yes, okay? Cool, you know? It would have been better, in my opinion, um, because then you have a master confront, a master attempting to comfort an apprentice who just lost his apprentice. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have a dynamic there. But instead, we get Yaddle, and you're right. Her most of her dialogue is just is just her kind of just saying things, basically. Uh, it doesn't really. And and, and <laughs> I did once again. There was a part of me that like I, I didn't know if you would have the same reaction, but I knew that Josh would. Of do you blame the council for for his death? What? Who else would he blame? With the exception of Darth Maul, who else would he blame? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so no, I, I loved, I loved that. I thought that, I thought like I had to laugh when, when that line happened, but then we get to the finale. Okay. And you're not wrong because Dooku confronting Palpatine was a really cool moment. I was like, Oh, we're going to get something pretty awesome here. And then it just kind of fizzles out because Yaddle shows up and Yaddle is not as good of a duelist as Yoda. And Dooku, on the other hand, is literally considered to be one of the, like, top five lightsaber duelists in the entire history of the Jedi Order, um, if not the greatest, okay? I, I think, I think in fact, I think they have gone on record as saying that, like, Mace was the only one that can actually beat him regularly. Of course, then Anakin comes along and shows everybody up, but that's a whole other situation. Um, and that doesn't really go that far, you know? And, and like you said, um, when... When he throws her out the window and then crushes her, that's when I was like, "Oh, okay, we just all right, we just we just went there. We we had the we had Emilio Estevez's death from the first Mission Impossible just happen in front of our eyes. That was crazy um, in a cartoon, mind you. Um, but then she comes out and but then she comes back just to be." slashed by him like there wasn't like i can't remember what she says it was something inconsequential and then he was just like nah bleh. which for the record i the more i write my, my own stories and the more i start thinking about the optics of a character and what makes that character who he who he or she is um one of the things I didn't like about Kylo Ren in the sequel trilogy, within the first two, you get this very dynamic character who is a villainous character, okay? But then you have this mindset of, could he be redeemed? And how much do we want to show so that he can still be redeemed? And as we've all gotten older, for some reason, we have gotten to the point where, well, if we see him actually kill someone who is good— he can't really be redeemed, okay? Unless it is Han Solo who has wanted to die since 1982. Um, you know, so so instead in the comic, you know, like he doesn't actually kill any of Luke's apprentices. Like it's all the Knights of Ren and everything. And to me, it was annoying. I, I love Charles Soule as a writer, but to me it was annoying that they kind of, took a step back on that, in my opinion. I, I think it makes more sense if he's actually the one who is at least a part of it somewhere, um, as opposed to, I think, being knocked out and then it happens. With Dooku, instead, we have this moment where 
he is literally killing someone that he has known his entire life. Okay. So at least from, from that instance, that is where he serves a purpose. The problem is, is that, you know, when, if you want that, that scene and you want that purpose, in my opinion, then don't do the Mace Windu episode. Like, give Yaddle a bigger role. I know that that will probably annoy you, but at the same time, if we want that, if we want that kind of emotion to be elicited, then we need to have someone who can work on on equal footing with Dooku. <clears throat> and I think that with the proper writing, and if they had given her more of a role in that in episode three, I think that would have made more sense for her. The problem is that she basically shows up. And like you and a lot of other people, you're you're asking, is this a new character? What is happening? Are we just tossing Yoda, Yoda species <laughs> everywhere now because of the the success of Grogu? And no, Yaddle is in Episode One. Like I knew Yaddle was in Episode One. I I thought you knew that. Yeah, I've come <laughs> to terms with her being in Episode One. <laughs> <laughs> um, but th- to me, the thing is that you had to have it be a council member. And of the ones that are ba- are effectively killed off screen, that we are that are no longer canon, at least we you would have Yarl Poof, you'd have Yaddle, Oporensis, or I think actually just those three because I think everyone else has an appearance somewhere in the Clone Wars. Um, cause of the, cause my first, I was, I was like, why is this not Addie Galia or someone like that? Like that'd be, that'd be cool. And then I was like, no, cause I think she's in somewhere in Clone Wars. Um, but Yaddle does die off screen. Like we, she is not in episode two or three. And even in the old canon, you don't really know what happens to it. No one ever really knew what happened to Yaddle. So it actually kind of makes sense that he was like, well, Dooku kills her. We we we've we've figured out that mystery. The problem is is that we don't know what kind of connection they actually had prior to our apprentices grow up before our very eyes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they, they do. Sure you do. Know, <laughs> sure do. And you blame the council for killing for his death. Well, of course I do. Just leave me alone. To go to leave me alone. They did cause all of this. You know. Staring at this tree, <laughs> being sad. Leave me alone. I'm being sad. Leave me alone. Yeah, exactly. Um, so no, like I, I understand. I understand where, where you're coming from. I, I really do. Um, I, I still, I still enjoyed it. But at the same time, you're, you're not wrong. Having a scene that is basically the same as um. The death of Savage Opress, uh, the, the the lawless. Okay, because that episode in the Clone Wars mm. is very much Palpatine being like, "Hey, I know you both think you're powerful, but don't forget who I am." Mm. And he leaves Maul alive to remember, "I was the one who beat you and killed your brother in front of you." You know, like that's a whole aspect. Even going into you know the Darth Vader comics and even in multiple of the books, Palpatine. And him do have confrontations where Palpatine has to remind him who is the master here. And which, which in my opinion, adds so much to episode six. Yeah. But having that scene here, because Dooku and him never, at least for what I have read, and I could be wrong, feel free to hit me up in the comments. Let me know if this has happened before. Dooku has never had that kind of moment with Palpatine. I have... 
always kind of viewed their relationship more as honestly equals in a lot of ways because they're both they're both part of the old old republic because both of them are very old um they have seen the republic change to what the current jedi order is now um so to me it makes sense they would both be like hey you know let's work together on this but i like this idea of you let maul go too far you know like he he killed someone that was actually important to me, you know, and he killed someone that could have been a power. He even says he could have been a powerful ally for us, mm-hmm. you know, cause that's once again, even in the Darth Plagueis book, that's, that is a point of contention is, um, is Palpatine even thinks Qui-Gon Jinn could be a powerful ally because Qui-Gon Jinn has made statements where it's not like in, to me, that's more interesting where it's not so much of, I want to be a, I want to be a dark side user, but it's more interesting where it's, I don't know if I agree with everything that the this institution that I have lived for my entire life, I don't know if I still agree with everything that it's currently doing. That's more interesting to me, and that's why Qui-Gon is an interesting character, and that's why Dooku is an interesting character. But then you have Yaddle. Yaddle. <laughs> and, and, and Yaddle just doesn't, he does not bring a whole lot to this. He's really the he is the one bad part of this. And I hate, and once again, I hate that because I really do like Bryce Dallas Howard. I really do. And yeah. he good job. You know, he does a, he does a fine job of what he's given, but you know, I don't know, just for, for, for some reason, just the, the inclusion of Yaddle as a character did not, did not land for me. And, and I know it didn't land for you. <laughs> it's rough, you know, but, but, you know, I'll allow, I'll allow him. This step here and there with an sure. overall really really good show oh um, yes yeah. so you know um yeah now um i do want to close that's all the episodes we got um very very sweet but very short um that's all the episodes we got i know at the beginning i said that this will be like a, a little a nice episode <laughs> uh, and, we're, and we're encroaching on two hours uh, <laughs> that's just what happens with us when we talk about star yeah. wars but um, I do want to close with um, a question. This was the first question I thought of, like, as I watched the show, because like I knew, I knew that we wanted to cover it. Um, and this is the first question that came to mind. Um, so, say hypothetically, in a beautiful world, um, sure. we get the announcement from from Disney or um, or Dave Filoni, or whoever it might be. Uh, we get the announcement. Um, uh, we get this announcement tomorrow. Hey, we're doing season two of Tales of the Jedi. Um, um, it's coming. It's dropping. It's going to focus on two new characters. Going to be a similar thing, three episodes each. It'll cover an arc of some kind for those characters. Um, and uh, yeah, we're doing season two. Um, who are your choices? to be the focuses of those episodes. Okay. So I'm going to get this out here right now. I'm not going to say Quinlan Voss, which I know that a lot of people... It's surprising. I mean, that is surprising. Okay. Because I thought about this myself. I really did. Um, Because I love this. I think this is a really interesting concept. I like that it is... To me, it's building on the aspect of who the Jedi are. And I hope that it continues to do that. And that's why for me, um, I would do 
three episodes for Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, building more on their relationship. Sure. Okay. And I would actually go back further because the thing is, it's called Tales of the Jedi. It's not called Tales of the, of the Prequel Era Jedi. It's not called Tales of the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. I would do uh, something for the higher public. Okay. I would do I would do like three episodes on like Stellan Gios or Elzar Man or or mm-hmm. actually no I would do three episodes on Skier because Skier is awesome. Skier is awesome. <laughs> <Skier's> so cool. <laughs> if you have not been reading along with any of the higher public stuff, Skier is a Trandoshan Jedi, which means he's one of like, the lizard people. So like, there's a point where he loses an arm and then it's just like slowly growing back, and it's awesome. I love Skier so much, and I would that that's what I want. Yes, okay. So three episodes for Skier, three episodes for Obi Wan and Qui Gon. <laughs> you know, a majority of people would have said like Elzar and and Avar, um, for High Republic, but sure. no, just Skier. Just Skier. <laughs> just just Skier. I, I just love Skier. Yeah, Skier's cool. I, I do remember when I read the first trade of High Republic comics, I texted you and just like. Skier's amazing. Skier's a yeah, badass. Exactly. <laughs> Skier's awesome. Um, yeah, those are good choices. Those are good choices for sure. Um, um, obviously, I have thought about this. And I came to two names um, pretty fast. And like I thought some more about it and thought about some other characters. I also had some idea for higher public stuff that would be cool too. But... Um, but um, at the end of the day, I came back to the um, original two names that came to mind when I first um, started thinking about it. And I don't think it'll happen. Um, well, one of them might. Um, I don't think the other one will. I mean, the scare will happen, so, you know. Scare <laughs> <laughs> will happen. I believe in it. Um, <laughs> Ace 2 of the High Republic has started last month. I believe they'll do a push uh, <laughs> but um one i'll almost say that like i'm positive will not happen um because as we've talked about on this show before um disney um star wars has become like um allergic to sequel era stuff mm, but sure. um one of the names that i would want to see is ray yeah I think there's a lot there is a lot of space uh, between those films where um, I'm very intrigued as to what um, is happening with Ray. Um, I mean, obviously, not a whole lot in between seven and eight because seven ends and eight, <laughs> eight begins Start, right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, um, you've got a whole lot of time in, bes- in between eight and nine where, like, I you think, can do a lot of stuff. Supposedly, I thought it was like two or three years. I thought it was similar to New Hope to Empire. Yeah. I could be wrong, but... Yeah. Um, I think that'd be cool. I think it would um, um, address a lot of like history about her character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would help like flesh out her character a bit more uh, because we've talked about there just isn't a lot of material um, out there on Ray, which is insane. But um, but that's the first name I thought of, and um, inherently related. To that idea um, is one who I think has like a pretty good shot at sh- showing up in one of these if they do more. Um, is I would love a story about uh, the Jedi training of Leia. 
Oh, dude. Yeah. Because that was like that was like the one thing I liked in Rise of Skywalker. Is <laughs> this confirmation that Ao Organa like actually actually receive like um legitimate um training as a Jedi. Um and I would like be fascinated to see that. I think it it give you the opportunity to tell a a Jedi story that focused more on like um actual interesting um um like uses of the force outside of like sure. um, just using a lightsaber because mm-hmm. obviously she had a lightsaber um that came up in rise of skywalker but <laughs> but um but like we also saw her show a lot of other more interesting and unique kind of um abilities with the force mm-hmm. um and and so you could tell that kind of story um it'd go a long way towards like I'm establishing a bit more about like uh, what happened to her after the events of Return of the Jedi and how she balanced like trying to run the on the New Republic with um, her Jedi stuff, and um, it kind of like it even have like a little thing in there f- for like the old canon peeps because like you read like uh, the old school Thrawn trilogy or Jedi Academy trilogy, um, a big chunk of her character is trying to work with Luke and figure out the extent of um, her powers. Uh, as a force user so um i think that'd be really cool i think we'll i think we're way more likely to get her than we are to get ray mm-hmm. uh, which is a shame but um that's what i would do so here's the thing honestly <laughs> i would i really like your picks for for a couple of reasons i like yours uh, th- thank you um I won. See, because I, I was thinking, of, I was kind of with you. I was like, I'm not thinking sequel trilogy at all. Um, but I like the I like the fact that Leia's arc, even sticking with what is said in Rise of Skywalker, it ends because she sees where her training ends. Her, she says her training would end with the destruction of Ben in some shape, form, or fashion. Okay, mm-hmm. so to me. To me, you could have it like her episodes end at like episode three, and then episode four could literally pick up with Ray's training, where you have this kind of like passing of the torch, especially because Leia's the one that she'd be working with at that point, mm-hmm. because that's because Luke's gone at the end of Last Jedi. So you could have this kind of passing of the torch between the two of Ray is the one who can perfect what they have been leading up towards. Uh, with helping to take down the first order, so that'd be really cool. I would, I do really like that. The other reason that I like your picks is because here's the thing: I have seen multiple, I have seen multiple people do reviews. I see multiple people on comment sections, multiple people mm-hmm. on Reddit, YouTube, take a pick, Twitter. Yeah. God, gross. Twitter, uh, gross. Yeah. Gross. Um, <laughs> You know, I I have done this because it is it is part of my job, and hopefully, uh, because I do this, I am I am the shield that allows you to never have to look at this, lovely viewers. Um, Dave Filoni is consistently the like saving grace for all of Star Wars fans. Okay, like everyone will consistently say. Kathleen Kennedy ruined Star Wars, you know, J.J. Abrams ruined Star Wars, Ryan Johnson, uh, but Dave Filoni's cool, K. 
Okay. George Lucas I mean, ruins stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you, you have you have all those comments, um, and then and then of course and then you know Book of Boba Fett came out and everyone was like Robert Rodriguez should never touch Star Wars ever again. Which I'm not even certain I disagree with that one, but at the same time, like Dave Filoni was right there too. So I don't know what <laughs> you really want, but but that's Ahsoka's not, in that show, everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ahsoka's in that show exactly. So you know. But Dave Filoni is consistently the person that people are like. Dave Filoni is the is the one thing holding Star Wars together. Okay, like he is just he is he is Atlas holding the world of Star Wars basically. Okay, but imagine <laughs> the, tales of the Jedi. The season. hopes and dreams of all the Star Wars fans are contained <laughs> in that cowboy hat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so imagine season two of Tales of the Jedi, guys. We're going to focus on Leia's training with Luke. Oh, yeah. And then the second part focuses on Ray. Crickets. You know, <laughs> just like, why, why are you doing this, Dave? Well, because we love Star Wars and because Ray's a part of Star Wars, whether you want her to be or not. Mm-hmm. Like, and like, so, so I would absolutely love your. Here's the thing I would love your picks, but I would want to be there when it was announced. Oh, yeah. Like, I would want to see. And the thing is, like, if it's announced at celebration, uh, that you know, like the, whatever reactions happen there, they're going to be positive typically because the guys at Celebration are typically like just from what I've seen over the last two that they've had walking into live streams. There's never, when it comes to the announcements, at least there's never really like a negative kind of vibe. It's always very much just we love Star Wars, we want more Star Wars. Give us Star Wars, please. You know that that's kind of that's typically what it is. Um, you know, but and even talking to anybody who has gone there, you know, uh, uh, thinking of, you know, just different people who are big in the Star Wars community, Mesa Windu, who is uh, a big guy on Twitter and TikTok who talks about this different Star Wars discourse and everything. And he's a fantastic person to follow. It's Mace Ah Windu. So it's A-H at the end of Mace. Um, I don't have either of those things, but everybody out there who does. He, he's also on Instagram, so you you can you can you can love there. Um, but he's great, and uh, but one of the things that he talked about is he's is he's even said he's like I've been to I've been to a lot of different conventions. People talk about Star Wars, and there's always kind of like an air of like uh, where where's this going to go? Is it going to be like an, an argument? Celebration apparently is literally just like that. Just that it's a celebration of just everybody's pretty much happy to be there, and they're happy Star Wars is happening. Um, but yeah, th- no, I would I would love to see Leia and Ray be a part of it. Um but honestly, like the this I feel about the show the same way I felt about visions in a lot of ways, of just like I don't care what happens, just give me more of this. This is this was just really good. You know, like even like especially I especially felt that way with visions because of course, you know, I know a lot of that, like a lot of those were like top anime studios doing star wars stuff i'm sorry i i love watching anime i do not know the behind the scenes stuff so like someone could have told someone could tell me like you know all the different people who worked on the different episodes and i'd be like that's really cool i don't know who any of those people are and i don't really follow a whole lot of the the original stuff they've done but this was a really good episode you know and i'm happy they're doing this you know um but that's kind of how I felt about it. Is I was like, I don't care what studios they get to do it. It's just if they keep giving us stuff as good as what we got in the first season of Visions, I'm cool with that. Same way with this. If they give us stuff that's just as good, let's keep rolling with it. Even if, even if you know, 
I, I know that'd be kind of sacrilege to let him not be a part of a Star Wars animated series because we we saw the reaction to Resistance. Um, but if Dave Filoni is like, hey, I'm doing Ahsoka, Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett season two, I'm I'm everywhere else, so I'm gonna have to kind of take the back seat on this executive produce but someone else is going to take the reins on writing i'm cool with that because that's the thing about star wars is it's such a collaborative process and you have so many different voices that you could absolutely do tales of the jedi especially because it's an anthology let's get different people even here's the thing i know it's not considered sacrilege since everyone loves the clone wars and uh rebels designs maybe get different animation studios to do it whoa we Lord, the vapors. Oh. Um, but <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay if we have different animators come in. I I would love to say, Star Wars Claymation, let's do it. Let's get it going. <laughs> the makers of Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, 100%. I would watch that so much. Oh, man. But but no, like that's that's kind of my thing is I just I just want them to, to continue. If they yeah. keep giving us good quality stuff like this, I'm cool. I'm fine with it. Whatever they do. Yeah. How about um? How about um? The announcement uh coming to write the Tales of the Jedi season two for Princess Leia is Steve Perry. <laughs> oh God, no! Oh man, there's. A- Here's an inside joke for anyone who listened to the last episode. Oh, uh, dude, Josh will lose his mind. <laughs> oh, no, I would. Uh, hey, hey, everybody! If you are interested on in being sure. on the in, on being on the inside of that inside joke, um, check out October's episode, Star okay. Wars EU or E Review, uh, where we had our buddy Josh join us um, to talk about Shadows of the Empire. Oh man, uh, go check out that. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, spoiler alert: one... I hated that book so. <laughs> Like, yeah, spoiler uh, alert, it wasn't our favorite, it was not. <laughs> but, anyway. uh, but uh, yeah, I did want to ask um, you that, um, to hear your picks because I was very interested. I want to ask everybody that, honestly. Um, yeah, I'm ask everybody I know, hey, hey, have you seen Tales of the Jedi? If you have, who are your picks for season two? Sure, because uh, I could come like a ton of different ways. Um, I am very surprised that you did not um, have. Quinlan Voss on here. <laughs> I still here's the thing. If they did Quinlan Voss, like you know, I would lose my mind. Like I, I love Quinlan Voss so much, and I would love to see him. Uh, I mean, be, I mean, yeah. I mean, if they have Obi Wan episodes, then he could show up. He could, you know, show, you know showcase their. Well, there you go. Yeah, young Quinlan Voss shows up with the uh, in the Obi Wan Qui Gon segments. There we go. Yeah, there you go. It's uh, it's him and. Um, Oh, hell, what was his master's name? Uh, I can't remember his master's name. It's well, yeah, it T's, Tholm or something like that, if I remember correctly. It's been, it's, it's been a minute since I've read, as much as I love him, it's been a minute since I've read his stuff. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, all right, man. All right, y'all. Um, oh, I guess we'll do um, our usual stuff. This is like a tangential episode of. Oh, yeah. The review. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, hypest, hypest scene from Tales of the Jedi. Um, and is this in, um, is this in your grand canon? Yeah. So uh, yes. Yeah, so for anyone who is new to this, since we do have many new YouTube viewers, uh, we talk about our hypest. 
Yes, hi, YouTube. We talk about our hypest moments from whatever we're discussing. And does this fit in our grand canon as in our personalized version of Star Wars in our own heads, basically? Because we're all insane. Um, true. Uh, first off, obviously, yeah, this fits in my canon. There's there's no way around it. This is and, and, and to me, this is essential viewing. Um, maybe not like if you're new to Star Wars, I would make like you. You have to watch Clone Wars to understand why the Ahsoka episodes work. Um, I would I would show the Dooku episodes to pretty much anyone who's seen the prequels, though. Like I would I'd be like, here, here you go. This is this ex this explains why Christopher Lee was in this movie, um, <laughs> you know. But uh, the Ahsoka stuff you kind of have to have seen through Clone Wars, and you don't really have to watch the Rebels to understand it. It, it definitely helps to know where she's going, but provide some flavor, yeah. Yeah, yeah, add, add some flavor to it and everything, but it's, uh, but, but in my opinion, if if you are someone who has followed along this far, it's absolutely essential viewing. It's fantastic. Um, hypest moment for me, I've got to go Ahsoka taking down the Inquisitor. I mean, you know, when it, when it comes to like to to just a hype moment, like I mean, because it's. It's it's effectively. I, I I remember when it reminds me so much of how Obi Wan defeats Maul in Rebels. Okay, mm -hmm. because in Rebels it is literally you have hyped up the Darth Maul fight and then it's literally three moves and it's done. And I remember when it first happened, I was so pissed because I was like, I wanted like a sandstorm surrounding them on Tatooine, like <laughs> as they're like dueling. You know, I wanted the big grandiose episode three, you know, Mustafar fight. That's what I wanted. The you older want, I have gotten. The duels from Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that, that's what I wanted. Which, for the record, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a style you go for. The older I've gotten, though, I've come to appreciate the, the more so, honestly, the more so realistic aspects of a fight. Um, when, you know, talking about. Uh, we discussed Hema in um, in the Phantom Lounge uh, a couple a couple weeks ago, and discussing you know actual how actual like traditional fights would play out in a lot of in a lot of ways. A lot of duels didn't last very long. Like it was typically you know someone screws up and then the other guy takes the advantage and then they're done. So to see Ahsoka literally dodge two moves grab the dude's lightsaber from him and then take him down immediately. I just, I loved it. I thought, it, I thought it was great. You know, I just, just everything about that was perfect. Also, I liked that it was a plus it, I, the, the other part, the other aspect of that scene at the end, and we, I didn't discuss this part as much. Um, the guy who turns around, I like that. It's not so much of a, I told you so I told you this would happen. That kind of situation as it is, you made a mistake because you thought that you were doing something right. I'm going to give you to people who can take care of you. You know, yeah. I really like that aspect of it. But but yes, hypest moment is her just taking down that Inquisitor. You know, because especially that's that's something that you need to watch Rebels for to understand why that's so impressive. Because throughout the entire first season and a half of of uh, of Rebels, more, more so more so season two because that's when the Inquisitors show up. Excuse me, but like the Inquisitors when they showed up, it was like whoa, like. Mm. 
how are how are they how are our heroes going to make it out of this? They have barely made it out with their lives, and so for us to see a Soga just me me, which I'm sticking with those sound effects. Felt <laughs> <laughs> like I was watching the show again. It was incredible. <laughs> um, but to to see that to see that moment that was really impressive to me, and so I just I loved that moment. So. Yeah. All right, so so what is your hypest moment, Al? And is this in your grand canon? That's a good choice. That's a good choice, yeah. Um, um, I mean, it is in my grand canon. Um, as I've already said, like, um, episode four of this show will like, like forever change how I f- think about Dooku's character. Sure. It just, um, it just like, it completely paints him in a new light. Um, so, yeah, it's in my grand canon. Um, hypest moment... It is really hard to argue against um, the Inquisitor uh, because everything about that sequence is so cool. But um, there is a really cool part in um, episode three um, where um, the guards for the senator, uh, they've already shot um, and killed the senator, and they're attacking um, Ace Windu and, and Dooku. And, like, there's a moment where Dooku is, like, uh, blocking a bunch of blaster bolts and stuff. Um, And then, like, the camera, like, shifts and, like, there are guards, like, within the forest and they're, like, flanking them and coming up behind them and stuff. Um, And, like, it happens super quick, but there's this really cool thing that I like for, like, a couple reasons. But there's this really cool thing where um, a blaster bolt comes from behind Dooku and is coming at him and Dooku without looking at it like flicks his lightsaber behind him to just like <laughs> to just deflect it <laughs> and, like, and then just like immediately brings it back in front of him and like it's so cool and like um it's also really cool because I've always thought that like um the similar thing that Anakin does in like a bunch of scenes with his lightsaber will are <laughs> like down like in front of him like i know that's not a practical way to hold a sword at all but, <laughs> but like it always looks really cool and like i mean tuku as you said in in various like um horses and stories like he's he's built up as somebody who's like incredibly talented with um, his style of lightsaber um combat so like to watch him be like flanked by these two teams of people with blasters and so just like effortlessly just like handle the situation and stuff that whole scene is really cool um and then you get um ace windu at the end of it who like um (laughs) who like has a guy like unarmed and he's asking him questions and the guy's just like i'll never give up our secrets and like he runs and like grabs his blaster and hoists it up and points it at Dooku or at um at Windu. Um and Windu like blocks the bolt like straight into his chest. And you're just like, you could have you could have stopped that, that situation from happening in a thousand different ways. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you have the force. That dude just ran ten feet away from you, like grabbed a blaster and aimed it at you. <laughs> And like you're just like, well, this guy has to die now. There's no other way to resolve this. 
<laughs> it's over. But um, no, it was, so like just seeing that uh, uh, that mastery he had of on the lightsaber and stuff was really cool. It's really yeah. fun. But um, yeah, okay, y'all. Uh, that's your little extra episode this month. Yeah, um, we've still got another one. I mean, we're we're not done with talking about yeah, Star Wars. We're not done with November, y'all. Uh, Jacob, would you like to share what they have to look sure. forward to this month? Yeah. So later this month, we are doing a Star Wars video game, which we've only done one currently. Um, I will give you a heads up. Our the last time we did a Star Wars video game was the longest episode of the EU or EU review that we have done. It was. <laughs> it was on a game where we could not have as many thoughts about that game as we did. I don't think I don't think the developers of that game could talk for two and a half hours about about Star Wars Bounty Hunter. But uh just to give you a heads up, that might be a long one for us. The, it might uh, be a long one. Because upcoming for you all, for your listening and presumably viewing pleasure. Uh, you will have the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order review to look forward Boy. to. Um, <laughs> a game that I that when we first played it, so had middling to negative thoughts um, in in certain aspects, at least when it comes to certain characters. But uh, but we're we're excited for the new one that's coming out um, because yeah. that one of my because one of my biggest complaints when I played the first one is I was like it just ends oh, it doesn't it. really that's <laughs> it. yeah so <laughs> you weren't invested in the story exactly so so I'm excited there is a sequel um, and even replaying it there are there are aspects of the game that I like there are aspects of the game already just having replayed it just the first few parts of it over this past week that I already like more. Two years later, oh god, three years later. Um, so definitely things that I want to discuss with you all. Um, Al and I are both very excited about that one, or I, I know at least I am. I think Al's kind of excited about that one. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to talk to my friend about Star Wars, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's coming up later this month. Um, but yeah, and then we've got we've got one more, and then guys are. Our first year of EU or EU review year, in the bag. First year will be done, and we've got um, we've got quite the headliner for the end of the year. We did. I'm, I'm very that. Excited. We've got if, and if y'all like expanded, if y'all like expanded universe Star Wars stuff, we picked one to end the first year on. Uh, that's a pretty big deal to people. So yeah. So. And we do. We will have a special guest on that one. Some we're very excited to to have on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, and guys, don't don't count us out. We've year two already is at least halfway planned. I uh, I've I've already given my my suggestions, and I think Al's got some stuff up his sleeves. You know, mm-hmm. some, you know. I don't, I don't know. We'll we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But uh, but yeah. But thank you all so very much, whether you're listening to us on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or you're watching us on YouTube. Um, thank you all so very much for hanging out with us. Um, you guys are just the best. When it comes right down to it, as much as we love Star Wars, as much as we love different fandoms, you guys are the reason we are doing this because these fandoms are not just for us. As we have always said, fandom is for everyone. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you all so very much. Hope you all have a wonderful evening and we will see you all next time.